T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. It's Thursday. We continue to creep, uh, creep closer to the weekend. Packers getting ready to take on the Carolina Panthers. Today is a fantasy football Thursday, so start getting your uh, fantasy football questions in under the hashtag AskKate. That's coming up in about an hour and a half from right now. But right now, I want to talk more Packers and Panthers. Let's bring in Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Do you want to know what's going on at 1265 Lombardi Avenue? What's next for the Pack? Let's check in with our green and gold insider, Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Brought to you by Thomas Marola Law Offices. Divorce, child custody, and other family law needs. Go with experience. Go with Thomas Marola. Online at marolalaw.net or call 414-327-5800. Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline. And uh, Ryan, I'm... I, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm disappointed that Christian McCaffrey is not going to be playing this weekend. I wanted to see in back-to-back weeks what this defense could do against a really good run game, and uh, not just in the sense of uh, you know shutting them down, but just to slow them down to be able to kind of get them, uh, you know, I guess to build a little confidence, tackling a little bit better, things like that. Uh, but I'm disappointed McCaffrey's not going to play. Are you? Uh, well, I asked Mike Pettin that last night. Uh, if there was, if he was at all disappointed that they wouldn't be seeing Christian McCaffrey, just if for no other reason than to give his run defense some work, and Mike Pettin laughed at me. So that's that's how he feels about the idea of, of not having to see Christian McCaffrey. He said it's all about winning the game first and foremost, and there's no question that not playing Christian McCaffrey gives the Packers a better chance to win the game. That and that's that's the bottom line. Uh, you can kind of understand that for this team. I mean, they're three wins away from being two home wins from the Super Bowl, right? I mean, if they win out, they've got the one seed these next three games, and then they've got a divisional and an NFC Championship game at home. So, yeah, it is all about winning the game. And the other part of that, Bill, Mike Davis is a pretty good running back. Yeah, you know, I, right. I covered him at South Carolina, and uh, in a former life, I, I, I was an SEC football writer, and he was the second best running back that I ever saw on that level uh, in my time, my couple of years covering the, the, the SEC. The only other one better than him was Todd Gurley. So Mike Davis is pretty good, and, and, and the, the Packers run defense will still have a handful. 
Um, and that and the fact that Teddy Bridgewater can move, right? That's right. He's, he's mobile, so that, that's another thing. You know, he, Not only that, but Matt LaFleur is also complimentary of Teddy Bridgewater's quick release. So he can move, he's agile, and he gets rid of the football quickly. Um, yeah, this, this defense will have its hands full. If, there, there's no question about that. So uh, I, I was kind of, you know, fans want to say, well, it's the defense. That's the Achilles heel. Once you get to the postseason, that's going to be ultimately what costs them. And on the surface, I can agree, but – I sat down and started looking at the losses, and the one common denominator in all these losses, seven turnovers in those three games the Packers had. You know, obviously four against Indianapolis, and the last one ultimately cost them uh, the pick six and the turnover, the back-to-back picks in Tampa Bay. And then at the end of the game, they still had a drive going. They, they had a shot to maybe win that game against Minnesota, and uh, the ball got fumbled away. It, it seems to me, as much as we want to kind of harp on the defense, if you don't turn the ball over, you got a really good shot with this offense of winning a game. I don't think there's any question the way this offense is playing that they don't need a great defense. They they probably don't even need much of a good defense. If they can get average from this defense, not bad, not bad, but but average from this defense, this is a team that's going to win more, a lot of games and can go as far as you know they they want really as far as this quarterback and this scheme on the offensive side can can take them. Um, they, they they need the defense to do its part. It's not absolving the defense from doing its part. But it doesn't need to be world beaters. It's not, you know, the, the, last year, they needed the defense to play over its head a little bit. The offense wasn't where it is. The offense, it might very well be the, the best offense in the league. They lead the league in scoring. So, um, yeah, the, the, the turnovers, you know, the other common denominator between the Bucks and the Colts, not only that they're two good teams, they're two playoff caliber teams, but those are two very good defensive fronts. And they're especially very good on the second level. When you look at the Bucks, got Levante David, you, you, you look at the, the Colts um, with, with uh, 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 the, the names escape me, Leonard Davis, um, yeah. Darius Leonard, excuse me. Yeah. So, you know, they, they're really good on, on the second level. And when you're good on the second level, when you're good at the core of your defense, you've got playmaking linebackers, you can do those sort of things. And it's really difficult to block up the second level. So, uh, you know, that, that's something that, that for this Packers team is something to keep an eye on going forward as well. Um, I look at the injury report. Uh, you, you know, obviously, uh, Rashawn Gary's got that hip injury. He's been limited. Same with Kevin King, Lazard, Mercedes Lewis. There's a lot of guys on this list. Uh, any any of these guys fearful of not being able to participate in this game when you talk about limited? Yeah, you know, we'll, just ha- we'll have to see what, what happens at practice here coming up in an hour. Um, it, I, I'm not even sure if they're going to be in pads today. You know, late in the season, sometimes they give these guys – uh, a Thursday without pads, and considering this is a short week, I, I would imagine it, it'd be a kind of a lighter Thursday. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll have to see who, who's who's out there today. I think today will give us a much better indicator of that. Um, and then, as far as uh, I want to go back to Rashawn Gary, really starting to play well. Come on, uh, you know, obviously, you know, he. I, I never looked at him as a pass rusher, even when he came out of college, because he was more of a guy that set the edge. He was a he was a tackler. He was a guy that could give you a bull rush, cut off cutback lanes, things like that. But he was never this big sacktastic guy. But now you're starting to see him at least put pressure on quarterbacks, and at least in conjunction with say Zedarius coming up the middle or Preston coming from the other edge. Talk about the progression of Rashawn Gary. Well, I think a lot of focus has been spent on Preston Smith the season that he hasn't had, the fact that he has lost some playing time. But there is a reason why Preston Smith has lost some playing time, and that's because Rashawn Gary has been coming on the scene. And Rashawn Gary has two and a half sacks 
in the last two games. He had two sacks as a rookie. So in just the last two games, he's, he's had more than his entire rookie season. He's got five sacks on the season, which is obviously simple math. That's more than double he had as a rookie. He, he's, he's been coming on. He's only a second-year player, um, and, and he didn't have to play all that much last year because the Smiths played, played so much ahead of him. Um, so he's, yeah, it's, it's early in his development, but he's certainly starting to flash some signs that, that he, he might be becoming a stud which would do a lot for this Packers defense, obviously, if you can have three of those guys uh, on the edge. Um, and the other thing with Preston Smith, too, like, you know, Mike Smith, the outside linebackers coach, said last week, Preston Smith's been pretty good since basically the San Francisco game. I mean, he's had a couple of quarterback hits that have caused turnovers. He's gotten some sacks. Um, and yet he's still lost some playing time. Why? Because Rashawn Gary's just been that good. And if you've got it, you know, if, if you can go more than two deep at outside linebacker, you need to do that just to keep the attrition off, off, off your starters. And Rashawn Gary, that, that was the plan for him going into the season, and his development has allowed them to do that. I, uh, I, I look at this defense, and I try to pick out the areas that would concern me the most. We've, we've looked for a long time at the middle linebacking position. It seems like Kirksey's a little more lively, healthy. Um, obviously, Kamal Martin has come on. Do you see the middle linebacking play getting better from what you've watched? I think that the inside linebacker, the second level of the Packers defense, it was, I think for most, a pretty low bar that they had to surpass to, to beat expectations coming in. I don't think there was a lot that was expected of that group. With that said, I think they very clearly have exceeded expectations. And what you're starting to see now is they've got the athleticism that they've really needed on that second level for a long time from, from the true inside linebackers. They've got some athletic guys with, with not just Kirksey, but Chris Barnes or Kamal Martin especially. And the more and more that those guys develop, the more and more Mike Pettin is able to step away from that three-safety look. That has just, just plagued them in the run defense because it's a smaller defensive front. You, you don't match up as well in the trenches. Um, it, but you can't. It's, it's not as easy as saying, "We'll just throw another inside linebacker," so you have two uh, true inside linebackers on the field because then you get exposed in pass coverage. It's, it's a catch twenty-two. Well, if they've got the athleticism that inside linebacker to be, to be able to hold up in the pass coverage, and they've been able to do that lately, that allows you to beef up the defensive front for the for the run defense. And the more and more they're able to do that, the better and better this defense is going to get. And I think that's really important to be able to get to that place by the playoff time. Because that 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 really should make this defense much more formidable, and, and and it's less likely that you're going to see the issues that plagued them in the NFC Championship game last year. I'm talking with Ryan Ward of the Green Bay Press Gazette, now the guy that's got his job cut out for him, Shamananga. Uh, the fact that the special teams here as of late have really stumbled. Um, I, I guess is it just a matter of just some of the personnel that you have on the field, or is it just uh, mental gaffes here and there where things just have not ha- have not been clean? It's lack of organization. It's lack of execution. Some of J.K. Scott's punts that have been uh, brought back just just haven't been up to snuff. Uh, but even still, I mean, you know, like the, the 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 second punt return touchdown the, the, uh, against the Eagles, um, Chamanenga it was a 54 yard punt with a 4-8 hang time or close to a five second hang time. Chamanenga said, we, we, "We've we've got to be able to cover that." You know, is it the best punt in the world? No. But it's inexcusable to let that kind of punt be run back for a touchdown. It, it should not happen. And so it's just it's a lack of organization. It, it's In some ways, it's similar to what's been plaguing the run defense in terms of with the run defense, it's been lack, lack of gap integrity, guys getting out of their lanes. And you're seeing the same thing in the, in, in the coverage units 
guys getting out of their lanes and not having the lane integrity that they need. Stay home, do your job. You know, the, the proverbial cliche of the 111th, that's all you got to do. You've got guys that are getting out of their lanes and opening these massive holes in the return game, and it, it just it, it, it can't happen. If it continues to happen, this is the Achilles heel of this team that, much like the 2014 Packers, you'll remember, uh, could very well be what, what keeps this team from a Super Bowl if they don't get it fixed. I, I don't think there's any question that, there, that there's an urgency to, to fix the special teams. Uh, I know that uh, Matt LaFleur has talked about it, and it kind of had the same tenor. Remember when the defense didn't play real well in a couple of ball games, and then he said, yeah, we've got to fix that, and we've got to get that fixed now. And it sounded like he wasn't necessarily speaking just to us as the media. Like there was a – there was that was a loud shout that's probably been shouted behind closed doors, but that seemed like this is – I'm not tolerating this crap anymore. We, we're going to fix this. And it, maybe it was to – to the defensive coordinator, Mike Pettin. Um, maybe it was to the players. I don't know. But it, it seems like the tenor about the special teams is now the same as it was about the defense uh, about three, four weeks ago. Yeah, and I, I think it's because, what, what, you know, Matt LaFleur realizes that this could be the Achilles heel that keeps a very special Packers team from the Super Bowl. And it's just inexcusable. When you know what a problem is, and you know it's a problem, you got to fix the problem at this level. You, you can't let a problem keep being a problem for weeks on end. Um, it, this is professional football. You got to get it fixed, and so when it doesn't get fixed, I do think that there is an exasperation that sets in, and it does become very frustrating, if not infuriating. That hey, th- this this has been identified. Opponents know it. They've scouted it. They know the special teams is is, is a soft spot. You, you got to fix it, and it, when it doesn't get fixed, I think that that's when you you see that hard line being drawn, and um, you know certainly. The hope for this team is that they can get it fixed, and if they can't, that it doesn't end up costing them a trip to the Super Bowl. Always good to chat with you, and uh, we'll talk again uh, next week and kind of break down everything that happens over this coming Saturday night, okay? All right. Have a good weekend. Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. That is uh, Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette joining us for a couple of minutes on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now, and they've been doing it for 85-plus years. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. That's 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. This segment brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. You ask yourself tonight, what's for dinner? Quick Trip, they've got you covered. Everything from the take-home meals to the tremendous fried chicken, the pothole pizzas of all different types, just the burgers that they have there. Stop in at your local Quick Trip. Use that Quick Rewards card and you're good to go. they got a lot of good stuff over there at Quick Trip. When we come back. Aaron Rodgers, meeting with the media yesterday, discusses all kinds of things and what it would mean to be an MVP again. Stay tuned for that right after this. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. On a kind of a dark and dingy day, as we still creep towards uh, deeper into the holidays, I should say. And of Hanukkah today, I was uh, was noticing that Christmas right around the corner, New Year's not far after. A lot of things going on on this uh, December seventeenth. 
Packers continue to get ready for their Saturday night affair. A lot of stuff coming up this weekend. you got the Big Ten Championship game coming up this weekend. College hoops in full swing. They're going to be choosing the, the final four, so to speak, for the college football playoffs. But uh, we're focused on the Green Bay Packers moving forward. Obviously, uh, you're focused as well, if you're a Bucks fan, on the uh, end of their preseason and getting ready for uh, next Wednesday night as uh, they tip off for real. So a lot of things going on right now. And Aaron Rodgers, uh, one of the things that he was asked about yesterday was specifically, I mean, the season he's having, and, and I, we had talked about this, that uh, when you look at the, the numbers, Patrick Mahomes had kind of a down weekend, threw three picks in that contest. They still won the game, but threw three picks, didn't look good. And all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers, with what he did, he not only throwing for three but running for one, he has vaulted himself up in many minds as right now the guy that, uh, you know, it's kind of his to lose, the MVP. He starts out talking with the media yesterday, the media yesterday about uh, the possibility of his third MVP. What are all the reasons you've been so darn good this year? Yeah, thanks for that question. I really appreciate it. Um, I don't need any extra motivation. I've spoken on this many times. Maybe you weren't around for all those. I know you're still a little salty about Tuesdays, uh, you know, going on McAfee. But, uh, look, there's a lot of – I think there's a lot of reasons. Year two in the system has helped all of us, I think, all of us. You know, I think the work I've done on my legs especially has helped. You know, I've talked – not specifics, but I've talked about going back and looking at some old film – uh, picking up a few things I tried to implement in camp. And there was, I remember there was some conversation about really the day. I remember almost the throw that for me just turned kind of everything for me in training camp. It was a, it was a read stop about a 20 yard route. Um, and I came up off the fake on one hitch and threw a laser uh, to Marquez, I believe it was um, on the left side. And that to me, uh, gave me a lot of confidence um, that the things that I was thinking about and, and working on and visualizing could come to fruition. Now, you never know once the live bullets start going and how you're going to play, but I feel like as far as training camp goes, that was an important day for me, and a lot of things changed uh, for me as far as my my balance and my rhythm and timing moving forward. Um, it is, you know, maybe surprising to hear that one throw can do that, but a lot of times it's just something little, whether it's in your personal life or your professional life, that can kind of take you on a on a new course trajectory. And I feel like that throw that day was that for me this year, and it gave me a lot of confidence moving forward that, uh, you know, the work I was putting in and things I was thinking about in training camp could really translate to the regular season. And I feel like if you look at the, my play overall, um, you know, obviously the line has been protecting well but there have been so many more on-time throws. And a lot of that, I think, is due not just to the schematics that we've been doing, but to an emphasis on really the rhythm in my drop and find a place to go with the ball on the first hitch. Um, I think it's been a big part of my success, our success, the protection success. Um, so when you combine the those little intricacies I've been working on with uh, – the schematic adjustments that we made and the playmakers that we have, you know, I think that's, that's been a part of my success this year. Wes Hodgwitz. Hey Aaron, I don't know offhand how many quarterbacks have gotten on a run the way you have with Mason, um, you know, over the last 12, 13 years. I'm just wondering what that friendship has sort of meant to you. And also just having a guy that's sort of been along with you for this, you know, entire ride in green Bay and sharing a lot of those experiences. Yeah, it's been a blast. 
you know, I really have a lot of admiration and respect for him. He's such a, a great guy. You know, the kickers, punters, and snappers, you know, are the, the oddballs sometimes of the group, the eccentric ones at times, or just maybe the nerdy ones, or the guys that, you know, they're just a little different because they're singular, so singular in their focus. But I've always had a good relationship with those guys, whether it was Rob Davis, who was our snap for years, Brett Good, who's still and was when he was here, a really close friend. You know, we spent a lot of time together off the field. Uh, Mason, obviously, has been around for so long. He's been a part of so many big wins. Uh, he's been a, a big part of those wins. I think about some of the great kicks he's made over the years, some of the momentum swingers that he's been a part of, and just his consistency. You know, it's not like that around the league, and I think sometimes uh, we might forget that. You know, he's basically had one game and one bad game in all these years, and I remember, you know, at the end of that game, he had missed a bunch of kicks and we got in position. We were down two scores and he drilled it. You know, obviously we lost the game, I think 31 23. But um, for him to, you know, make that last kick was meaningful. And, you know, one year they, you know, bumped his salary down a little bit, tied a lot of it to incentives. And sure enough, he went out and had a hell of a season. So he's just such a consistent guy. Uh, he's a really fun guy to be around. We've played a lot of golf over the years. He's been a great packer in the community all the work that him and his lovely wife have done, all the while juggling five kids. You know, I mean, he's just such a fantastic guy. I know he's not on Phil's level, you know, with nine, but uh, five is is quite the quite the handful, I think. And, you know, him and uh, his awesome wife, Molly, are just such great people. And I'm just fortunate to have played with him for so long. I hope, you know, hope there's more years together. But I, I really have enjoyed um, going to battle with him and, and just the trust that we all have when two takes the field um, it just speaks to how well he's played for us. Bill Huber. Hey Aaron, I know you have bigger fish to fry than individual stuff, but you are right up there in the MVP race. Um, what would it mean to get a third? Well, Bill, there's not many guys that have won three, so that would definitely mean a lot. I feel like I've been in the conversation, you know, a number of years outside of the two that I've won. Um, we're talking about in 12 when, uh, AP went nuts against us in the last game of the year. Had a pretty good year that year. Um, obviously, in 16, we made our run and uh, led the league in passing touchdowns. Um, didn't really get a sniff for some reason that year, but, um, you know, I definitely felt like I was in the conversation. Uh, it's, you know, it's nice to be back in the conversation. Like I, I said the other day, it's been a good year for uh, State Farm reps. Obviously, the new Jake from State Farm getting a lot of pub with his uh, big muscles and tiny shirts. And, uh, you know, Pat, such a phenomenal player. Um, he's had a, had a great year as well. It'd be, it'd be uh, you know, something that's usually on the, on the preseason goal list, and it's nice to be in the conversation. I want to ask you about Dave because you, you mentioned multiple times the, the Hall of Fame potentially for him, which is just something that you never hear about a player drafted where he was at his position. When in your mind did it did it come to, to realizing that he's not just a good player, but but actually an elite player? And what do you think the scouts might have missed with him for him to, to fall as much as he did in the draft? Yeah, well, I think there's the evaluation of talent is is always an interesting proposition. Um, there's just so many things you just cannot measure. And I've always felt like that was what gave me a leg up on my competition. I think it's what gave him a leg up for so long. Uh, he wasn't uh, the biggest guy, I think, his entire life. So he developed uh, a lot of skills 
outside of maybe his position group. He's got incredible feet. Uh, he's he's been a naturally leaner offensive lineman. He's put on weight. Um, you know that he says just for me. You know to protect me that he's hoping to get off once his playing days are done, which I have no doubt he will. Because if you know his brother Eric, uh, who's a dear friend, uh, you know he's uh, he's pretty ripped up. So I, w- I would guess that with all the hell he's going to catch when he's done playing, if he's not, you know, 240 pounds and pretty ripped up, he's going to be uh, he's going to be ragged on by not just myself but his family. That's how they do things in the Bakhtiari family. But uh, but I think when he started getting the recognition, you know, I've said a lot about the Pro Bowl. A lot of times you end the Pro Bowl a year after you should, and maybe you stay a year longer than you should. And a lot of times it's based on, you know, name recognition. But he was getting, uh, I think he had at one point more all pros than Pro Bowls. Uh, still does. Uh, thank you, Tom. Um, that says a lot about uh, his uh, – the recognition of his talent, maybe league wide, more than maybe, uh, you know, writing down a name he recognized on a on a Pro Bowl ballot, which I guess is all, you know, virtual. It's all, you know, on your phone now. But uh, but I think once he started getting that recognition, you could start thinking about him as a as a Hall of Famer. I think he's definitely, for sure, a Green and Gold Hall of Famer, um, based on what he's accomplished right now. But if he can have another four or five seasons like he's like he's been having, in my mind, there's no reason he shouldn't be in the Hall. And I think. Um, it'd just be a tribute to the way that he plays. He's just such a rock over there. We've had some great ones over the years. I've seen some great ones on the field, and it's hard to think of guys who were better for longer than, than Dave. So there you go. Aaron Rodgers talking about the media yesterday and some high praise for his left tackle, David Bakhtiari, also talking a lot about uh, you know things that he changed, things that he looked at, his platform, his footwork and such, uh, as far as being a better quarterback and what uh, getting a third MVP would mean to him as well. That was Aaron Rodgers yesterday with the media. When we come back, Eric Eager, data scientist for Pro Football Focus. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Eric. He is going to join us. We'll talk a little bit more about this Packers football team and how good they really are according to the stats. That's next on the Bill Michael Show. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Welcome back, and we are glad you are with us. Thanks so much uh, to taking a listen to us today. We appreciate it, as always, whenever you're here. Thanks for hanging out. Talking the uh, data scientist for Pro Football Focus, uh, going over the numbers, Eric Eager now joining us. You can find him on Twitter, at PFF underscore Eric, at PFF underscore Eric. And, uh, Eric, first and foremost, uh, you know, we always look for something and, and numbers of some type when it talks about the either the – the uh, probability of a win for the Green Bay Packers or what could possibly be the Achilles heel of the Green Bay Packers. So when you look at the data scientists, so to speak, title, what specifically are you guys looking at when you start to talk about how good the quality of a team you're, you're kind of observing is? Uh, yeah, you look at things that are stable, you know, year to year, week to week, um, and, you know, things that carry over, and then you kind of fade the the narratives, right? The narratives that, you know, for example, in Green Bay, right? Like the thing that I think is pretty stable is the fact that Aaron Rodgers is leading the league in avoiding negatively graded plays by us. He's leading the league in avoiding turnover worthy plays by us. 
those things tend to stick, especially during the course of a season. Um, the things that I would fade, and, and this is good news for Packers fans, is all of the, the question marks about their defense. You know, like the defense is one of those things where it, it's very much tied to game script. It's very much tied to uh, how, how good the opposing offense you, you're facing is. Um, and I think the Packers have, you know, they struggled a little bit defensively this year. And I think a lot of people will say that's their Achilles heel. If you bet on them last week, obviously you, you didn't like the end result there with the seven point win instead of the 10 point win. Um, but I think week to week, uh, and we saw this this year with Kansas City, if your defense isn't a complete disaster um, and your quarterback plays at the top of the game, it, it tends to matter a lot less than what people think. Uh, I want to go back to the defense, and uh, for as much and, and you're right. I mean, when you when you break it down statistically, it's right there. It's cognitive data sitting in front of you. To the eyeball test, it's a lot of what it is we're seeing consistently. The one thing that I went back and I started looking specifically at the losses of the Green Bay Packers, it was turnovers. I mean, as much as you want to point to the the finger to the defense and say, okay, they couldn't get a stop here, they didn't get off the field on third down there. Um, you, you turn the ball all over, and one of them being a pick six against Tampa Bay, you turn the ball over four times against uh, Indianapolis, and on your final drive when you're trying to tie the ball game up and or take the lead against Minnesota, you turn the ball over there as well. Turnovers, the probability of turnovers, when you get one or more turnovers uh, against you in a game, what is the probability of you actually winning that game? Uh, it's pretty low. I mean, uh, we had a game this week that was pretty interesting with uh, Kansas City turned the ball over four times on the road. Um, and we've only seen one time um, in the last decade where a team turned the ball over on the road against a playoff team and won. You know, so turnovers. Right. The, the hard part about turnovers, though, is they're very hard to predict, right? And um, that's why we like to talk about what are called turnover-worthy plays because, you know, turnover-worthy plays are plays that are dropped by the defender or they're, um, you know, uh, things like that. And, and you know, when Rodgers will throw a ball and it goes between, you know, through a receiver's hands and is intercepted, we're not going to call that a turnover-worthy play because drops are, ten, you know, generally speaking, pretty much noisy and, and, and the like. So you, the hard part about turnovers is post hoc, they explain so much of what happens in the NFL. The problem is it's really hard to predict them um, with any sort of certainty. But the one thing that you can do, and the thing that Rodgers does better, I think, than any quarterback in the NFL right now, is limit negative limit plays that can possibly result in turnovers only 1.5 percent of his dropbacks and and this includes sack fumbles and all that kind of stuff are plays that have a chance to be a turnover because of him and and that's uh, you know you know Patrick Mahomes right now is at 2.5 which is still really good but obviously one one time more for every 100 dropbacks um Deshaun Watson 2.1 uh Russell Wilson 2.7 so Rodgers is sort of on a different playing field here and as you said you know, games can turn so much on those types of plays that that's, you know, it, to be able to limit those, especially, um, you know, in the playoffs where the goal isn't to win a game, the goal is to win three or four games in a row. Uh, that's really the way to do it. Is there, defensively speaking, we look at this team and say, okay, they don't stop the run real well. Or on third and long situations, they've given up far too many. Is, the, is there a particular nuance, a, 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 you know, a situation like that, that has been consistently caught, or at least at a higher level, consistently costing the Packers from being a, a, a better graded team, so to speak. Yeah, it's tricky, right? Because, like, this happens every single year. But if you just look at simple, like, yards per attempt given up, these are the, the, the eight worst, or seven worst teams in the NFL. Dallas, Houston, Kansas City's a playoff team. 
The Raiders are possibly a playoff team. The Dolphins are possibly a playoff team. The Bills are the second-best team in the AFC. And then at seventh, the seventh-worst team in the NFL in yards per carry allowed are the Green Bay Packers, who are probably going to be the one seed uh, in the NFC. Um, the the thing that's interesting, and it's it's a little bit of game theory, and I think some coaches – you know, might not be trying this on purpose, but if you're bad against the run, it actually entices teams to run on you more, which in the long term is actually, as, as I just displayed here, sometimes a winning strategy, right? And, and, you know, Green Bay does have a good secondary. I wouldn't say it's a great secondary, but what you want people to do is you want them running the ball for 4.6 yards per carry on you instead of throwing the ball at 6.5 yards per pass attempt against you, uh, which is what Green Bay roughly is giving up. Um, and so that's why I don't think it's that big of a deal that they're that weak against the run. What I'm looking at here is, okay, can I, can I find some nuggets in the rest of the, in the rest of the team? And obviously the big one is Jair Alexander and how well he's played in the back end and possibly, you know, with, with the Smith brothers as, all, as well as Rashawn Gary and, you know, Kenny Clark being hurt in the early part of the year, they weren't getting pressure necessarily that they had been getting uh, previously. If they can actually generate a pass rush similar to last year, this defense could be good enough for them to win a Super Bowl, and I think comfortably. Tell me who right now in the NFC is probably the best overall team. Well, I mean, by our power rankings, it's really hard to untangle these things because we haven't seen them play with their, their lead quarterback in a month. Um, but I think New Orleans is probably the best team uh, in the NFC and then followed, I think, closely – um, by Green, Green Bay and L.A. I think the, the Rams are, are two teams that are similar. Um, obviously, L.A. is a more well-rounded team than Green Bay, but their quarterback isn't nearly as good. Um, New Orleans is one of those where you look at their defense, um, and they're, they're one of those where they kind of buck the trend of what I just said, which is that defense varies week to week because of things like injuries and things like COVID and all that stuff. New Orleans has a, a backup secondary that's about as good as their, their first secondary, which is already good. They rush the passer really well with uh, – you know, the, the guy that you know, they traded with the Packers to get, which is Marcus Davenport, he's had a good season. Cameron Jordan, uh, you know, uh, David Animata, they're all, they're all very good. And then that offense, um, a little slow to go early in the season, but before Breeze got hurt, they were really picking it up with guys like Thomas and Sanders and Jared Cook and obviously Alvin Kamara being a really good running back. But, you know, if you're a Green Bay Packers fan, you've already seen them go into New Orleans and win. I, I don't think that there's really a, uh, you know, I, I think – I think Green Bay has as good of a case as anybody to be the top team in the NFC with, of course, the uncertainty surrounding how Breeze comes back from the rib injury. Uh, and then uh, before, I, before I let you go, uh, over to the AFC, I do want to at least examine that a little bit because whomever, if the Packers make it that far, they could be play, playing either Pittsburgh, who's lost now two in a row, Kansas City, who has shown at times fallibility, even though they've been able to kind of pull out the wins. Who right now do you think uh, is maybe the top two, three, four teams in the AFC that have a really good shot at representing? Yeah, I, I think Buffalo is one of those where the, the, the range of outcomes is about as wide as anything. I think when Allen plays well, he has the ups of a Rodgers or Mahomes, but obviously his downs are so much lower than those two guys, right? So they could lose in the first round, or he could string three or four games together and really be a contender. Um, they're, they have a defense who's similar to Green Bay in that they struggle against the run, but they, you know, they've gotten better over the past few weeks. Um, the other one that I think is sneaky, and you know, a, a lot of this is that early in the season, their games turned on turnovers and noise and, and injuries and COVID. I think the Baltimore Ravens are a team um, that, you know, if they get in, are a scary team for the rest of the AFC. Lamar Jackson looks spry for the first time since he injured his knee early in the year this year uh, on that Monday night game. 
if they're if they could find a receiver to step up and play consistent football, they're they're going to be scary, especially given uh, how smart they are, you know, at head coach and, and obviously offensive and defensive coordinator. Appreciate it always. Uh, thanks for the time and thanks for kind of breaking it down because uh, I think it's going to be an interesting race for the last three weeks of the season and then once we get into the postseason, Eric, and we'll talk to you a little bit more down the road. Okay. Yeah, it's been a fun season. Uh, uh, continue to enjoy it, guys. Uh, stay safe and have a good one. Cross our fingers, we get through it. Eric Eager, data scientist for Pro Football Focus, kind of breaking down some of the numbers there. You know what I mean? And uh, some good stuff from him. He joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years, 85-plus years. They've been doing it. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. Just like that, it's the holiday season. No matter what holidays you're celebrating, Please remember to give the gift to farmers, refinery workers, truck drivers, dispensaries. You can choose unleaded 88 at the pump for your car if it's newer than 2001. Or choose E85 if you've got a flex fuel vehicle or that green badging on the back or on the gas cap. And I use it. I encourage everybody else to do the same. You can reduce the amount of petroleum in your gas. And you can replace it with renewable corn ethanol. Uh, we talked about, you know, the growing season, late into the year when the corn's still high in the field. And you're like, why is it still out there? That's the corn ethanol. And increased demand for ethanol in our gasoline, it, hel- it helps all of the workers right here in our own state in the upper Midwest uh, for all of you listening to us right now. Not only in Wisconsin, but the upper Midwest. So if you're out there kind of in my universe, give E85 a shot if you're like me and have a flex fuel vehicle. Or uh, I've got a, a truck that takes flex fuel. That takes E85, and I got my car, and that takes uh, the unleaded 88. I can run it in both. So, look, if you can do it, it's just like a a rock in a pond, and there's the ripples because you buy the gas, you fill up your car. Okay, great. But that helps the farmers, the refinery workers, the truck drivers like a ripple, and it keeps the money here in our own backyard. For all the information you need and to to dispel all the myths, go to abetterfuel.org. That's abetterfuel.org. Dot org and see for yourself what it is we're talking about. Abetterfuel.org. Uh, a, a banner day. Banner day yesterday. We'll tell you why. Coming up next on the Bill Michaels Show. Wisconsin-wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veteran Services Department at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. It's the Packers and the Carolina Panthers here at Lambeau Field. Saturday night, kickoff at 7.15. The Panthers had a change of coaches, brought in some free agents, and running more cover one than the defense the Packers faced a year ago in a 24-16 win over Carolina. What's changed since then? I asked Packers. Offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, they are completely different. Uh, they have uh, instilled a couple of different, very unique things you, you don't see a lot in the NFL. Um, just, just compared to the entire league, they're very unique. The Panthers are coming off a disappointing loss to the Broncos. Quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. You look at us against the Vikings uh, a week ago. We were able to get a chunk play early in a two-minute drive. This week, uh, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot. But I think uh, I just have to continue to have the right mindset in those situations to put us in a position to win football games. Green Bay hopes to win their final three regular season games to secure a first-round bye and home field advantage. Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams. You know, you say we win these three games, coming into it, just letting them know. Obviously, everyone on the football team knows how the playoff goes, but to be able to look a a rookie or a second-year, third-year guy in the space and say, look, we got to win two freaking football games at home, and then we're going to Super Bowl. That's Devontae Adams in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. 
I know we only got a minute or so here before we get past the top of the hour, but uh, you got to give a shout-out to Paul Christ and the crew out there for the Wisconsin Badgers and the recruiting class. I mean, if you looked at the numbers yesterday, when you started to really watch a lot of these commitments go down, and I'm still, I, I still hate it that they do this uh, on TV, but a lot of these blue-chip recruits picking their hats, pulling down drapes, having the exposure of whatever team, whatever college it is they're going to go to behind them. It's a joyous moment for them, don't get me wrong, but it also puts a lot of pressure immediately on their career. But when you look at what the Wisconsin Badgers did, they've never had in the Internet ranking services higher than a top-20 class. And yesterday, depending on which one you look at, Holy mackerel. I mean, they ended up number 15 in rivals, uh, or excuse me, uh, 15 in the ESPN class. And in rivals, and then uh, in 24-7 sports, they ranked their class number 16. And, uh, man, they they, uh, they did extremely well. And and the, the belief is, is that with more recognition, more dominance in the West, the more times, look, if you're not going to be one of these recruits that's going to go to Ohio State, go to the team that's battling Ohio State every year in the Big Ten, you know, for the top spot. And that would be the Wisconsin Badgers. So uh, kudos. Their defense seemingly got stronger. Uh, they've got some specialty players, some blue chippers. they got some more big offensive linemen. You know, they, they've got they got some guys that uh, they really believe that uh, are, are going to bolster this uh, this deal. They picked up a, that, that, uh, that uh, running back, uh, the kid out of Madison, picked up a good wide receiver. Uh, that's Skyler Bell from the from the Bronx over in New York. Uh, they got another kid from uh, Ohio, so that was being recruited. So uh, a lot of good recruits coming into this uh, draft or into this rec- I shouldn't say draft class, but recruiting class. So kudos to the Wisconsin Badgers, and kudos to Paul Chris as they continue to draw better and better talent and get more and more recognition. Good for them. Good for them. Marvin Williams, the former Milwaukee Bucks power forward. We're going to hear from him and get his thoughts on, uh, you know, how much better this team is going to be this year. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up after this. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.